0: Would you praise the Lord with me for a minute? Could you put your hands together and shout hallelujah to the King of kings and the Lord of lords? We are in his presence tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. ¿Dónde está la gente que habla español? Amen. 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 We are so grateful to be here tonight, me and my wife Kristen. Our two boys are in uh, the Sunday school, the children's church right now. But it is such a great honor to be with you all tonight. Uh, I want to give honor to Pastor Bland, even though he cannot be here in person. I'm, I'm so grateful and humbled by the invitation to be at this great church. Um, and Pastor Saucer, Pastor Sanitha, thank you so much for your kindness and just helping us to feel so welcome here. You guys do everything with excellence. I don't know if you know that, but this is an excellent church. And I've watched some of your services online. I did my research, and you have got some heavy hitters that have preached in this pulpit. And so I am very much honored and humbled to be here tonight. And um, as uh, Pastor Saucer said, we are intermediate or applying to be intermediate missionaries to spain and uh, we have our interview tomorrow we've been there for about two and a half years now and we would love to connect with you and tell you more about that at the table after service but at this point i'd like to ask my wife if she would testify and share with you just a little bit of what god is doing in spain and then we're going to get into the word and we're going to have a powerful move of god is that all right Amen.
1: Praise the Lord on this beautiful Wednesday evening. We are truly honored to be at the Sanctuary Church. We honor your leadership. We honor your pastor and your assistant pastor. Thank you so much for having us. And we are, Evan and Sarah, very special to us. And so it's good to know that they're in great hands here at the Sanctuary Church. Um, it's great to be here among good old friends and new friends. So, thank you for having us. I just want to share a brief testimony. Um, God is, is so amazing. He's so wonderful. And I love that I feel his presence in this place right now. Even just from before we service started, I just loved what I felt in this church when I walked in this place. And I'm thankful for what he's going to do tonight. So, I met Liliana in 2008 when I lived in the Dominican Republic before I was living for the Lord. And when I moved to Barcelona with my family in 2020, she Facebook messaged me to tell me that she had been living in Spain for several years and that she wanted to reconnect. So when I met up with Liliana, we were there as missionaries, and she was there. She had been living there um, for several years just for her career. She was there working. And I saw the hunger in Liliana's eyes, and I thanked God for knowing that way back in 2008, he had a greater plan than her and I just being friends. And so um, Liliana, Liliana and I started a Bible study, and she was so hungry for the Lord. She, she grew so fast, and she was baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. And now today she is witnessing. She is a great witness to her family and her friends, um, including a young lady named Cindy, Cindy. So Cindy had joined our Bible study a couple times. Cindy lives in France, however. Um, Liliana has nightly prayer groups with people from all around the world, and one of them is this young lady named Cindy. And Cindy lives in France, but she joined us a couple times for an online Bible. Um, we kind of video chatted her in during one of our Bible, a couple of our Bible studies. And a few weeks ago, I was at Liliana's home just hanging out. She invited me over for dinner with her and her mother, and as I was leaving, <clears throat> Liliana said, oh, pray for Cindy. And she just mentioned, um, Cindy needs healing. I said, what's going on? And she said, for a couple days now, Cindy has had the whole side of her face uh, was swollen. Her eye was swollen shut. And it was uh, spreading to the, the side of her body where, to the point to where she was having a hard time talking. And she didn't know what was going on. It had been going on for a couple days. And so... She kind of said it on my way out, so it would have been easy for me to say, okay, I'll, I'll pray for her and put it on my personal devotion list and pray for Cindy. But I felt, let's pray right now before I left Liliana's house. And so we sat at the kitchen table and said a brief, you know, one-minute prayer for Cindy, and we declared that by his stripes, Cindy was healed. Well, a couple days later, um, we, Liliana approached me and, and shared with me that at the same time she found out Uh, She had spoken with Cindy later that day. At the same time that we were praying, Cindy was in France washing the dishes. And while she was washing the dishes, this was around the same time as we prayed, Cindy felt a hand touch her forehead. And from that moment forward, the swelling went away. Her voice returned to normal. The Lord Jesus touched Cindy's body. In the name of Jesus, by his stripes we are healed. And it's amazing how, you know, we want to, you know, build things up or, or we think th- things got to happen at the altar. But it was just a woman at prayer, me and Liliana at her kitchen table. And then look what the Lord had done. Look what the Lord has done. I felt to share this verse with, with the sanctuary church tonight. The Lord placed this on my heart to share with you Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 and 14. And it's the message version. The message version. Let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. Amen. I've never heard that message version, but I felt to share that version this evening. So the next time, next time, I encourage you that the next time someone on the way out, perhaps you're just saying goodbye, how you doing, on the way out of church and somebody says, pray for me, I'm dealing with this. Instead of, um, it's so easy to go home and put it on your personal devotional list. Say, right, let, let's just pray right now. 30 seconds, one minute. God can move where two or more are gathered. He is in the midst. God will show up, and he will show off. And I know he's going to do the same thing tonight in this place for someone that needs healing. Thank you so much for having us, and and praise the Lord.
0: Amen. Thank you, honey. Amen. Praise the Lord. Would you all stand with me? Just in respect, we're going to go to the Word of God. I do want to say it's so nice to see Evan and Sarah. Uh, We don't get to see them very often, and it's a, a real treat just to be with them. And their dog, Gilmore, uh, he couldn't be here tonight. I'm sure he's watching online, though. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to the book of Mark, chapter 5, and beginning at verse 22. Mark, chapter 5, and beginning at verse 22. And we're going to read a motley of verses there. Just skip around a little bit in that chapter. The Bible says this. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him, that being Jesus, greatly saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. And Jesus went with him and much people followed him and thronged him. And we're going to jump down to verse 35. But in the middle of these verses, the woman with the issue of blood interrupts the scene touches the hem of Jesus garment and is miraculously healed as virtue flows out of the man the man of god the master Jesus Christ and touches her. And in verse 35 we read while he yet spake there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. So then Jesus put all them doubters out of the house. You know, sometimes we got a clean house and get the doubt and the fear out of our lives. And in verse 41, it says, He took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, Talitha Kumi, which being interpreted is damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of 12 years. And they were astonished with the great astonishment. Amen. We're going to preach a little bit tonight. I hope you're going to preach with me. Amen. We're going to preach a little bit tonight on this topic. Be not afraid, only Believe. Amen. If you have your Bibles, would you put them down and lift your hands right now? And we are going to go to the Lord. I know we've prayed, but we're going to pray one more time. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the presence of your spirit that I feel in this place. I thank you for every single soul that has gathered here tonight, Lord, to come and hear your word, to receive something from you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for it, Lord. And Lord, upon your name and in your authority in the name of Jesus, we bind right now every fear and every doubt in this place and we lose faith, we lose healing, we lose miracles, we lose the spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. If you believe God's going to do miracles, would you clap your hands and shout hallelujah? (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Sixteen years ago, I came back to the Lord. I came back to Jesus Christ. It was in March, and I'm approaching my 16-year anniversary. You see, I was raised in an apostolic home, but I fell away during my college years. I soon found myself in a prison of addiction to alcohol. Alcohol, perversion, depression, depravity all formed the walls of my personal prison. And for five miserable years, I struggled and I lived out of the bottom of a bottle yearning for the acceptance of my peers. But one day, depression and shame Pulled me to my lowest low, and I began to hear once again the voice, the still small voice of the Master of Jesus Christ calling me again, and I began to open my Bible and I began to read it revelation i don 't know why, maybe I needed the fear of God, amen, and I was most of the time I was drunk, and I would weep in my room as I read the Bible and remembered the heritage that I had forsaken, and one day my parents invited me and they said, there is a men's retreat and you need to be there. At that retreat, the Lord graciously refilled me with the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. In just one moment's time, he delivered me from five years of addiction, shame, and fear. He broke down the walls of my prison, and his love rushed in to me. And since that day, my life has been forever changed. Since then, he has heaped on blessing. I have a beautiful wife. I have two handsome, rambunctious, crazy little boys that you may get to meet later. And God has called me to be a missionary. You know, Jesus is the man. He's the man. That's Bible, by the way. Paul said, the man Christ Jesus. He knew he was the man. He's the man. He's also God. And I finally that day, 16 years ago, had the courage to put my faith in Jesus Christ. And that is my challenge to us tonight. To put our faith in the man from Galilee, the Lord Jesus Christ, not only for our salvation, but for our healing and for our peace and for our deliverance and for our provision. I want this message to be personal tonight. I want us to feel it. Too often we perceive God as distant and disconnected from our lives, but not Jesus. We know he was made in the likeness of men in order to die and save us. But Hebrews also proclaims that Jesus Christ sympathizes with our weaknesses and our infirmities and our trials. No matter how far we feel from God, no matter how unworthy we feel, none of us are beyond the reach of his love. He cares about us. He cares about our sickness. He cares about our anxiety. He even cares about our bills. Thank you, Jesus, for that one. And he has the power to do something about it. I thank God for the compassion, the kindness, and the generosity of the church and God's people. The good Samaritans of life, they can offer us comfort, they offer us hope, and they help us when we are in need. But there are some situations that only Jesus can solve. There's some things that can only be fixed by Almighty God. There's some prison doors which have to be pried open by angels' hands. Sometimes nothing will do but Christ Himself Three of the four gospels record the story of Jairus and the woman with the issue of blood. Both were the victims of def- desperate circumstance, and apart from Jesus, they had no hope. Today, I want us to put ourselves in Jairus's shoes. I want us to allow the love of Jesus to cast out all fear, to cast out all doubt from our minds, in our hearts, and our lives. If you're willing to do that, would you just right now lift your hands and begin to worship the Lord Jesus Christ? If you're willing to take that step of faith tonight, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you have children, you can identify and understand the terror that Jairus felt On account of his daughter. The man was gripped by desperation. And he dropped to his feet. And the Bible says he besought Jesus greatly. His daughter was just 12. And was his only child. And in that culture she would have been just transitioning into adulthood. She had a whole future ahead of her. And she was dying. For my part I can identify with Jairus a little bit too. Well, we lived in Washington, D.C. before we became missionaries to Spain. Our eldest son, Benaya, was about two at the time when he fell into anaphylactic shock. Uh, That's an allergic shock. And he was in Sunday school when he accidentally grabbed the wrong sippy cup of somebody else and took a drink, a gulp of milk, which was basically poison to him at that time. By the time I got there, uh, I was speaking at the time. By the time I got back to the nursery room, he was unresponsive to his own name. So we gave him an injection with an EpiPen. And scared senseless, we threw him in the back of the car and began to drive to the emergency room while he vomited up whatever he had drank in the back seat. We prayed in tongues like we've never prayed before. We were desperate. We were saying, God, help us. And we were praying. The traffic lights were optional. Every car was just a barrier to me. All I had in my mind was, I've got to get to a doctor. If I can just get to a doctor. By the grace of God, you can think me less spiritual, but if it's your baby, you know if I can just get a hold of somebody, maybe they can help me. We need sometimes to get a hold of Jesus like that. Sometimes we need to realize that if I can just get a hold of Jesus, he can change my situation. He can save me. This world passes from one crisis to the next. I don't even want to say the word. You all know it, okay? Now we have the war in Ukraine. We have economic woes here at home. The woes are continuing in Europe as well. We have an opioid crisis, which is killing people with fentanyl and car fentanyl, addictions, Ravaging homes, and that's to say nothing of the things we deal with personally on a daily basis. It's our own struggles, our sicknesses, uh, our broken relationships, and the loss of dear loved ones. And the whole world is searching for someone who can help them. If I can just get somebody to help me. They flock to medicine and they're looking for a dose to numb the pain and they're looking for something to calm the fear and they're looking for something to ease their exhaustion. But you know, Jairus and the woman, they didn't have the novelty of an emergency room and thank God for emergency rooms, but they didn't have that novelty. They they didn't have the luxury of modern medicine. They needed a God that specializes in doing the impossible. And I'm here tonight to tell you that the God for whom all things are possible is here tonight in this sanctuary. I hope this is okay. I only have one speed. Pastor, is that all right? Amen. Praise the Lord. Sooner or later, life is going to deal us a losing hand. Sooner or later, if we live long enough, we're going to encounter an impossible situation. Now, I'm not trying to be negative. Jesus himself said, You're going to have trouble in this world, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. But it is in these situations that we need a touch, not a tradition. We need a relationship, not religion. If religion could have helped anybody, it would have helped Jairus. He was the ruler of the synagogue. He was the boss. He ran the place. He had position and he had status. But he knew the rehearsal of my religious rites are not going to save my daughter. If my daughter's going to live, I've got to get her to this man from Galilee. I've got to get her to Jesus. Now, I'm a missionary, and I, I believe in religion. I'm religious about going to church. I'm religious about prayer. I'm religious about my worship. I'm religious about midweek service. Amen. But I understand that the practice of these things are not what brings salvation and healing and deliverance. But it's the connection that I am forming with the master. It is the presence of God that I feel in this place when I lift my hands and I call on his name. Oh man, aren't you glad you're in a place where the power of God is? Aren't you glad you're in a church right now where we can feel God Almighty? We can practice religion too, but also have the joy of relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you're here tonight, you've won half the battle. Because you're in the presence of Jesus. You're in the presence of the king. And in his presence, anything is possible. Anything is possible. Hallelujah. As Jesus walked through the crowd, Jairus, with Jairus in the side, perhaps, I would think, for me, hope would grow in my heart. Okay, she's going to live. She's going to live. We're on the way. We're halfway there. We're three-quarters of the way there. Whatever it might be, she's going to be healed until suddenly the procession stops and Jesus begins to ask what seems like a crazy question. Who touched my clothes? And eventually Jairus must have realized that Jesus is no longer next to me, walking with me on my way to my house. Everybody stopped. They're, they're looking and maybe several people away, he sees Jesus is talking to somebody. He can't maybe see her. Maybe she's still on the ground. We don't know. The scripture doesn't tell us. But all Jairus can do is stand and watch and wait. As the woman who has suffered for 12 years receives her healing. You see, ancient medicine failed the woman, but her faith in Jesus healed the woman. And if you can have faith in Jesus tonight, he will heal your body too. He will deliver your mind. He will do a miracle in your life. I'm going to say it again. If you can have faith in Jesus Christ tonight, he will heal your body if you can put the doubt out of your mind and the fear out of your mind, he will heal your body. He will deliver your mind. He will save your children. He will provide for your finances. He is God. On the surface, it appears that this is a disadvantage. It's an interruption for Jairus. But the woman with the issue of blood... Gave Jairus a firsthand lesson in what saving faith looks like. And he would need it. For while Jesus still spoke, Jairus' servant arrives to break the bad news. Your daughter is dead. Verse 35 Your daughter is dead. Why bother the master anymore? Why are you bothering him anymore? Jairus, she's gone. In other words, it's it's over. Look at all these people. Look at the multitude. Look at the crowd around her. Hey, there's still people that Jesus can help. Cherish the memory of your daughter. Go and bury her. But don't trouble the master anymore. Jairus, it's over. These words must have crushed him. His little girl was dead. And too often we make this Herculean effort to get to Jesus. Maybe you're here tonight because you need a miracle. It's raining outside. It was hard for us to get here, Pastor. I'm not going to name the company, but we had some rental car issues. It was a struggle. I about lost my cookies. These are my cookies up here. Dealing with that rental car company. But one thing I've learned when we face that resistance to get somewhere, God always pours out the miraculous, the supernatural. We're in the right place tonight. God's gonna do amazing things here in a few minutes. Just in a few minutes, God's gonna move. Not because I'm here, because He's here. And it's His nature to help his people. He loves us, and he cares for us. He died for us. He took stripes for us. We take this Herculean effort to get to Jesus, but then the voices of fear and doubt rush in in a split second, and they somehow manage to extinguish all the hope and faith that we had left, and it's just like a pst- These voices come from naysayers. They come from Satan. They come from our own head. And they say, you know, there was a time like Jairus. There was a time when you had a chance for deliverance. There was a time when you had a chance for healing. There was a time when your marriage could have been restored and your family could have been restored. But you know, you missed your window of opportunity. Why are you troubling the master anymore? Just go home the way you came. We conclude that. Our need no longer warrants the attention of Jesus. That he's no longer interested in our case. The case is a cold case. The books are closed. And we're going to have to live with our sickness or our situation. It's just too big even for Jesus. Why do we let those voices talk to us? They haven't invested in our lives. Why do we let them tell us what God can do and can't do? What he will do and will not do? The devil hates us. Why are we going to listen to him? Why are we going to listen to somebody that doesn't have a spiritual bone in their body and let them speak into our life, pastor? Uh Uh-uh. No, 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 no. No, no, no. We've got to stop filling in the blanks for Jesus. And we've got to let Jesus answer for himself. We've got to let the man answer for himself. Jesus said in Mark 5, 36, he heard it. The Bible says he heard it. He heard what they said. Don't trouble the master anymore. And he said, I don't like that. I think it made him mad. It makes me mad when I read it. So if he's like me, he got mad too. And he said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Only believe. Your case isn't too hard for me. I've not given up on you. You still can receive healing. Your family's still going to be saved. Your marriage is still going to be restored. we got to be courageous. we got to have faith. And we will see the miracle done. Our sickness is not beyond the ability of God to heal. Despite our failures, we are not beyond the grace and the mercy of God to save us. Praise the Lord. This October, I had the... And I'm closing here. In October, we're going to pray in just a few minutes. In October, I had the privilege of going to Bangladesh on a crusade. And we were there for three nights. And over those three nights, there were 11,000 that received the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. That kind of boggled my mind. There were over 5,000 that raised their hands and testified of miracles happening in their bodies Eyes were open, blind eyes were open, deaf ears were open. Tumors disappeared off the bodies of people. But for me, the most impactful and special thing I witnessed was the healing of a little baby girl. The second night, her parents brought her to me for prayer and they were crying. It it was after the service and we were over getting ready to board on the, the buses. Back to our hotel, and everybody was exhausted. But this family came up, and they were holding their child basically limp in their arms, and they were crying. It was hard to understand all of what was wrong through the translator and all the noise. But she was deformed. Her body was deformed. She could not sit. She could not stand. And when she opened her eyes, they would just roll into the back of her head. It was like she was alive, but there was just nothing there. And so I prayed for this little girl in the name of Jesus. And eventually, as I was praying, the whole team gathered around. And we prayed for her in the name of Jesus. And you want to know what happened? Absolutely nothing. Sometimes you pray and nothing happens. Don't lose faith. Don't stop believing. Don't stop praying. He's going to do it. You gotta hold on. You gotta have faith in what His Word says. The next night, the parents returned. This time they were not crying, they were smiling. Can you put that picture up, please? The media team, if you would. That's that man holding that little baby right there. You can maybe see it. Her eyes are focused, she's able to track. They came. Smiling the next night saying she's better. She's better with the help of a translator. What we didn't see the night before had happened in the 24 hours that followed it. And those two parents that night received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Speaking in other tongues because they saw that Jesus is a healer. This is what Jesus does. He takes our disease and gives us life. He takes our hopelessness and gives us hope. And you know what? He's the same God here as he is in Bangladesh. He's the same God here tonight as he is in Spain. Would you stand with me right now? And tonight he is going to demonstrate his power in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to have an altar call. I give a structured altar call. Is that all right? This is what I want to ask as the music team comes. I'm very sorry I didn't give you all more notice. If you specifically need healing in your body or deliverance in your mind, I would ask you right now to take a step of faith toward this altar and come forward to this altar right now. If you have a sickness in your body or you need deliverance in your mind, would you all just come and fill this altar right here? If that's not you, but you need a miracle in your life, you need an intervention from Almighty God for something in your life or in your family, I want you to come to this altar too. Those that have the needs, I would ask you to fill in close, please. Those that have the needs, would you fill in closer? Thank you for coming. Amen. Thank you for coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And what I'm going to ask is for the rest of us that don't have a need. But we would say we've got faith for the people that do have needs. Would you fill in behind them? You're going to help us pray in just a minute. We need your faith. We need your prayer. We all need to connect right now with the Lord Jesus Christ. I know this may be different than what is a normal Wednesday night here. But I I thank you for helping and participating right now. We're going to pray two prayers together before we, well, we're going to pray two prayers. The first prayer is going to be a prayer of repentance. And I know that the majority of us here are believers. I understand that. I still repent every day. The reason we're going to repent, maybe if we're seeking for the Holy Ghost tonight, I don't know who's here. If you're seeking for the Holy Ghost, it is a requirement that we must Repent and clean our hearts and make room for that spirit to enter in but if you just need a healing we're going to repent and get all the shame and guilt out of our minds that would block us from receiving what God has for us tonight we don't need the enemy to lie to us and tell us that God's not going to heal us because we did this or we did that let's just get it under the blood and receive the blessing of God amen so the first prayer that we're going to pray is repentance And then after repentance, we're going to do four things together. And we're going to practice this right now. Practice makes perfect. Amen? The first thing we're going to do is we're going to close our eyes. And then we're going to lift our head towards heaven. And then we're going to raise our hands. Could we all practice that right now? I want you to just close your eyes, lift your head, and raise your hands straight toward heaven. What this is, this is a posture of receiving. This says to God, I expect you are going to do something for me when I pray and cry out to you. Now, I want us to wait a moment. We're going to pray in a minute. This is just practice. You can put your hands down. You guys are, you guys are pros here. Thank you for doing that with me and, and, and humoring here. The fourth thing we're going to do together is I will speak a simple word of faith. I'm just going to declare the name of Jesus over this congregation. And after I do that, we are going to shout a praise to God. We're going to rip the atmosphere. We're going to rip the air with our shout of praise. We're going to shout hallelujah, just because that's something we all know. We're going to practice that right now a couple of times. Can we do that on the count of three? One, One two, three. Hallelujah! That's good. That's good. And when we do that, when we do that the next time, sickness is going to leave your body. If you need the Holy Ghost, you're going to receive the Holy Ghost and begin speaking in other tongues. If you need deliverance in your mind, the Lord is going to deliver you and unlock you from that prison you are in. Now, as I said, the first thing we're going to do is repent. We're going to go through this nice and slow. We're going we're gonna to repent. So I want right now just every eye closed. We're not praying for healing right now. We're not praying for the Holy Ghost yet. We are getting our hearts right and our spirits right with the Lord. Would you close your eyes? I can't pray your prayer for you. You have to pray your prayer. I can only pray my prayer. But with the sincere confession of your lips repent unto God right now. Lord Jesus I come to you. I am a sinner and I'm not worthy of your grace. I'm not worthy of your blessings. I don't merit anything that you have for me. But Lord I humble myself before you right now Lord. And I ask you to forgive me of every sin that I have committed even in recent moments or hours Lord. Everything that I've done that is sin. Forgive me. Everything that I've thought Everything that I've said, everything that I've heard that is sin, I give it to you. Forgive me, Jesus. Cleanse me, Lord. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. Make me new, Lord. Cover me in your blood right now, I pray. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's it. You can just pray just just a moment longer. Just talk to Jesus right now just a moment longer. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now this is, we're going to do what we talked about. We're going to do the four things now. I want to explain just one thing. When we shout hallelujah, we're giving thanks to God. And I want you to continue to give thanks to God after we do that initial praise. I want you to name what you need and say, thank you, God, for healing my diabetes. Thank you, God, for healing my body from cancer. Thank you, God, for delivering my mind from anxiety and from fear for restoring my marriage. The reason we do that is because it is an act of faith to give thanks to God for something before we receive it. And when we do that, the power of God is going to fall in this place and he is going to do miracles among us. Are you ready? We're going to have faith that every single person in this place that needs healing is going to receive it. Amen. All right, let's do those four things. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to lift your hands. I want you to lift your head right now. And I want you to focus on Jesus Christ. There is no one in this place that can heal you but Jesus Christ. He is the one who heals. He is the one who delivers. No one else. Focus right now on Jesus Christ. By the authority of the word of God and the power in the name of Jesus, receive healing, receive deliverance, receive ye the holy ghost. Now shout hallelujah! Hallelujah!